time and take the shot down. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the, yes, he's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of The Fizz. Thank you all for joining us today. I am with one of the main men, Chandler, Channy Football. How are we doing today? We're doing great, Frank. Dynamic duo back. We're a little weaker without the trio here, yep. but you know what? We're still a strong duo. We're still going to provide a great show here today. Next man up. Even, That's right. Even when there's not another man to step up. Straight grit. That's fine. That's all it is. You're only as strong as your weakest link. <laughs> so we'll work extra hard today. This is a long way of saying that Lou is out today. He is on business. Right? He's just on business. I mean, that's what he says. Like we I guess we have to believe him because we have seen some social media of him like with some like Yeah corporate packets and stuff. But I, like I definitely I'm not did, convinced he's on business. I right definitely now. did see like the typical ballroom and like the coffee and, yeah. and all that. So like the partition wall behind him, like yes. they closed off a huge conference room. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not convinced he's doing that. I'm wondering what do you think? 10, 12, or over 12 beers deep this week so far for him? him? Yes. Oh, well, what, when did he leave? He got there uh, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he definitely went six and six. <laughs> minimum. Minimum six and six. Clean six and six. So, big I mean, slip. I know you're out here listening to us. We miss you. Yep. But uh, it would only be right for us to go on and have our 94th episode without you here. Yeah. Had to keep it moving. Got to keep going, especially uh, moving into the Super Bowl. This is our little lull week uh, before we go into the Super Bowl. Feels like it's just like ages away. This two week break. I know. Are you, like a little bit of sadness kicked in for me this week because it's one game away. Yeah. And then you're six months without seeing any type of football, and at the six month mark, you only get preseason football. Dude, I. Couldn't agree more. Like, I definitely had the sadness set in even before the weekend started. I'm just kind of like, I have three games here, and that's it. Like, we have three games, and to be quite honest, like, I am starting to love, like, the AFC, the championships more than I am the actual oh, yeah. Super Bowl. Right. They're always a great game. They're always at a home field, so it seems like there's a little more energy in the stadium. Yeah. Um, and the last couple of years, specifically the AFC, we've had unbelievable championship games here these last couple of years. NFC, mm, not so much, including this year, but um, one of those things where at least we have a two-month window where we can look forward to the draft, mm -hmm. do our 2,842 mock Correct. drafts, yes. have 6,000 different combinations of people that we're going to take, mm -hmm. um, and maybe sprinkle in a little USFL. Does that have any interest to you here? Uh, not too much, but like I could be sold. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, but really the... I'm very, you know, football season starts in August and it ends in February for me usually. And then, uh, you know, we just, we watch the Tigers lose throughout all of summer. But I'm happy to do the draft. I'm happy to talk about, uh, especially when, you know, lose back here, we can really get into all the players we're not going to sign, but we really want to <laughs> sign and we're going to think of ways that we could sign them. Um, 
But yeah, I am definitely share the same sentiments with you about the sadness of football season coming to an end. One the, more game. The good thing is we got one more. We yeah. got the big one left. We got the big one left. Uh, and one thing to your note that you said, though, about the AFC championships or whatever, uh, Burrow – Joe Burrow famously called the Super Bowl. He said it felt like a dinner party last year. Right. And I couldn't agree more. And you can just look around and see it. It's not fans. No. It's corporations. Rich people. Rich people. No the, rooting interest. In the group chat today, someone was swirling around a nasty rumor that the NFL is thinking about taking the, the conference championship games to a neutral site. I did see that as well. Um, I saw, like, the comparison to the college football playoff yeah. is going to be more like the NFL playoff now where you're going to have bowls for your AFC and NFC championship games. Why they would ever do that, I'm not quite sure. Um, the NFL has probably the best fan bases out of any of the major sports here uh, in the United States. So a little puzzling to me, but I think that's maybe one of those things that you see on social media that people are just trying to get clicks to as well. You mean like uh, when they're going to add another team to the playoffs? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. There's stuff so. I decide to consume and <laughs> yeah. eat up and believe, and then there's stuff I don't want to do, and that's, and that's one of them because – Obviously, you know, the quick answer to say is like, why would they do that? So like they said, you know, money. And the only way I can see it making more money in my brain is just like, okay, so more like more wealthy people go to the games. They spend more, right. they infuse more into the NFL. Uh, that was the only real way I could see it making money because you kind of price out local people and, mm -hmm. you know, rich people have more assets to travel. Right. Is that it? I, I think that goes along with it because that's a lot what they're doing with the Europe the European games now too. Mm -hmm. And that scares the shit out of me as well, because I have a feeling they're pushing for a team, whether it be in Mexico city or London. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you've also seen year over year over year, we're seeing more games yeah. in London, in Mexico city, in Germany, overseas. So I think that they're doing a little bit of a money grab and in a money grab phase. I think this is one of those a little further out of left field. I don't think where there's smoke here, there's fire. I think they're a little further out. That would be fucked up. I, I mean, imagine a team like the Detroit Lions getting to host, uh, uh, you know, we're dreaming, NFC fantasy, or NFC uh, championship game, and, like, we're just like, oh, we're at a neutral, we're in Atlanta. You're right. So, actually, it is going to happen now because we're <laughs> yeah, so close to I mean. making the playoffs <laughs> and hosting a game that, yes, they will change the format of yeah. the playoffs. That the would NFL. just be so fucked. I mean, just <laughs> even looking at, like, um, you know, Arrowhead and Philly, it's just, they earn that. That's, like, they fucking earned it, you know? 100%. And what about both number one seeds, too? Right. Chalk, 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 this right. playoffs. <laughs> chalk right. everywhere. Well, hey, let's just, let's, I mean, we're talking football. Let's just get in it and then we can circle back to anything about the weekend that we want. Yeah, we'll talk about the weekend later. Yeah, we'll get it in there. We'll do a little buffer before we get into our sure. last thing. But we're already talking football here. Um, and since we're on the topic and we're talking chalk, I got to say, uh, I've been pretty disappointed by the NFL playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say so far, but we're already at the end. I would say like this weekend, the, the NFC championship just sucked outright. Just sucked. You didn't even get a game. You didn't even get the best of both sides. It just, it just sucked. Like we don't even really know what could have happened in there. If the Niners would have had someone who could throw a football, it, it, it sucked. What happened obviously to Purdy. Um, it, it's just one of those things where even with Josh Johnson in the game, a healthy quarterback, like I didn't expect them to make it a game. And he actually had a couple of, of, uh, you know, moments where he actually looked like he could have kept them in that game. Um, but, you know, when he got injured, 
Um, you saw Purdy on the sideline. Like, you knew he wasn't going to come back in. And then when he got injured, I guess my question was, why didn't they have McCaffrey um, go in as quarterback, use check? Um, I thought that would be a better option than Purdy, who is one less option uh, on your feet, yeah. um, one less person to have a run threat, and then also no threat of throwing the ball because, as we found out, he has a torn UCL, which – with a torn UCL, I mean, your elbow is basically dangling from what I know at that point in time. I thought the whole thing was just insane to me, like from top to bottom. So Purdy gets hurt, right? And it doesn't look that bad. I'm just, to me, it didn't look that bad. Okay. Right. He comes out, but then he's like, he's still on the sidelines. They won't rule him out. Like he keeps wrapping his arm. He's putting his helmet on. Like it looks like he might go in. And uh, Johnson just like, I mean, you know, Godspeed, man. We played for like 13 teams. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just wasn't it. And then when he fumbled, it was just like, okay, you can't be fumbling shotgun snaps, like, if you're going to be serviceable whatsoever. And then not falling on it to boot. Right. And then he gets knocked out. So then he's done. And you're kind of thinking of the whole gamut of things. Like, everyone on social media said Juszczyk was going to be the quarterback. And then on TV, they said it was going to be McCaffrey. Neither of them go in. Then Purdy goes back in. And you're like, okay, the only way he's in is because. He has to be able to throw the football, at right. least. We find out he can't. And it was one of those things where, like, everyone on socials just, like, ripping this guy apart. Like, they think he's, like, being a candy ass because it really didn't look that crazy. We find out later he tore whatever it was in his elbow. Um, and then, to cap it all off, you have, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, oddly smiling and laughing on the sidelines, like, the entire rest Told of the Told you game. so. Yeah. <laughs> just just so wild to me. And, like, I did read something that said he was, like, you know, 90% or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do have to wonder, like, I, I see both sides of it. Like, one, there's no way my, my third quarterback's going to get hurt. Uh, but also, like, you have to know that if Purdy goes down, like, you're, ac you're actually screwed. Right. And a quarterback can get hurt, even if, like Johnson, you get slammed and get a concussion. Like, right. Or if someone spots you, you don't even get a concussion. Someone just says, like, we're pulling you out. Right, right. So um, that was that was a tough way for them to end the season. Um, Philadelphia did look good. I mean, yeah. obviously there was only so much we could see, but I think it would have been tough to beat them that day anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny you brought up, like, how everyone on social media was like, Oh man, Purdy, he's faking it. Like that's what me and my buddies were saying. When I was we saying were watching too. the game. I had the Niners so did I. to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, right. you know, what is he doing? Like he's throwing the ball on the sideline. Like he can't be that hurt if he's throwing and staying on the sideline. Yeah. And then he comes back in and I'm like, this motherfucker, this motherfucker's been faking it the whole time. Yeah. And then he proceeded to not throw one ball. Um, although he did throw a reverse, which McCaffrey just launched at like sixty yards down the field. But <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, it was a, a tough way to end a good season and what we thought was going to be the – I wouldn't say the better of the two games, but I thought that game was really going to be a blow-for-blow, blow, yeah. tough game. Um, and just from the start when that happened, you knew it, just you knew it was over. It just sucked. Like, to me as a fan, it just took the wind, like, completely out of my sails. And, yeah, I did have money on the Niners, but, like, I just wanted, you know, a, a good game. And I feel like we have kind of been – uh, not robbed of them during this playoffs, but I feel like we haven't gotten kind of the big, you know, last year we were, I think we were absolutely spoiled between like Bucks and Rams yep. and Bills and Chiefs and even the Super Bowl, Cincy and LA. Like those are all just fucking awesome games. And right. I feel like we just really haven't had that game yet. 
The best game was the AFC Championship for sure. That or Jacksonville, L.A. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Jacksonville, LA was a very good game. I did, stakes were just lower probably. So Yes, yeah. that, that was a good game. But outside of those two, like, there wasn't really a close game. No, the Bucks got smoked. The Cowboys got smoked. Yep, I mean, um, the Cowboys game was so slow. I felt like they were never in that game. The Bills got the smoked Bill, by the Bills. The Bills Bengals sucked, yeah. Bills Dolphins was not good, even though it was oh, close. Yeah. You knew what was going to happen the whole time. <laughs> so, like you said, a very underwhelming playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was pretty wide open this year. I yeah. thought there was like seven or eight teams that could win the Super Bowl. Turns out the two number one seeds, the two teams that dominated and stayed atop their conferences this year, are the two that are going to meet in the final or the Super Bowl. It's now. crazy. It's crazy. And uh, for fuck's sake, like the Eagles' road to the Super Bowl, like, are you kidding me? To an extent, are you kidding? Like, they get the Giants, who are trash, terrible, and then they get a no quarterback, uh, San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, you got to go beat the Chiefs, but they're they're banged up too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll talk about it more next show, but um, they have dodged a lot of bullets here this year. And in the same breath, they've beaten the teams that are shorthanded that they should have beaten yeah, shorthanded. And they're, and they're handling them. Yes, you know, so exactly. I'm not going to take anything away from the Eagles whatsoever, but, I mean, damn, it, it really is just like if there was a year for the Lions to sneak in, this was it. It was this year, exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm interested more so before we get into the AFC Championship game is who do you think here today, January 31st, one more game left in the 2022-2023 season, who here today, week one of the 2023 season, will be starting at quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers? Great question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say what my gut says. I'm going to say Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> I'm going I- – <laughs> so if we're going, if we're going off the – like someone yeah. who's not on the roster right now. Sure. I think if – of all things, if Brady is to go anywhere, like he's from California. Yep. He should go to that team that has a top two defense. And I don't think Brock Purdy is your starter. I don't think so either. And I think Trey Lance, like, you got him young. He's been injured. Why not just sit him one more year? Who's it hurting? Um, I don't know contract situation whatsoever. But if I'm the Niners and Brady, I just think it's, like, the perfect situation if he's going to play another year. So in if, if we're going off the reservation, Tom Brady – if we're staying on the reservation, I'm not a Trey Lance fan, um, but I don't think you. I don't think you 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 can start Purdy. I think you have to give Trey Lance another chance. I agree with that exactly. And to your point, uh, a run heavy, good offensive line team like the Niners is a perfect fit for Tom Brady near his hometown. The final piece to possibly put him over the edge. Um, it'll be interesting because Tom Brady's always been the guy that is willing to give up a little bit of money yeah. to make it work to win for the team. So you could see someone like that saying, hey, you don't even have to pay me market value. Yeah. I just want to come and win another Super Bowl for my childhood team. Uh, I was going to go with Trey Lance. I do think that they've invested a lot into Trey Lance. I think they have to give him the chance. Um, very small sample size from Trey Lance. And I think if it's not this year, then you can say, hey, we've got to move on at that point in time. But I think we can both say, at least from our perspective with confidence, 
Purdy's not going to be the starter week one next year. Outside of the injury, I just don't see him being the starter yeah. for the Niners. I mean, I think he had – I mean, that's – if that's all he does in his NFL career, like – that's incredible for him. Successful. I mean, it's absolutely Mr. Irrelevant to win whatever it was, six games yep. he played. Um, and then to, you know, tear your arm in that uh, NFC championship. I mean, it's just like hats off to him. Right. But I, I totally agree. I think – I just think if there's ever a time for San Fran to go get, like, Tom Brady, it's it's right now. Because, like, what – who cares if Trey Lance sits on the bench for one more year? I mean, how he's really young, right? Doesn't like, doesn't matter. And what did he hurt last? What did he hurt this year? He tore tore ACL, tore yeah. an Achilles, something yeah. bad, right? Yeah, something in his legs. Learn from Brady for a year. Brady can like fully if they can bring back that team, he can like fully redeem whatever this mess of a year this was. Right. Win a Super Bowl and actually retire in his home state. I just to me it's like I don't know where else he would go. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I think the only other option I could see for him, well, I think there's two. I think you, the Raiders could be an option. They don't have a quarterback currently. And I can still see the, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I saw he was looking at a, a school in Miami this week for his kids. I know there were rumors last offseason that he wanted to try to force his way into Miami. I could see him going there. Um, but, you know, my fear going back to Trey Lance's. If you don't start him this year, he didn't play last year. He didn't play his rookie year because he sat out uh, in favor of Jimmy G. And he didn't have a senior year in college. So you're basically <laughs> sitting a guy for four se- – you're Jordan Love at this point. Well, wasn't that Aaron Rodgers, though, too? To an extent, yes, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't hurt. True. And Aaron Rodgers – Played um, his senior year. Played his senior year, correct. Yeah. yeah. That'd just be my thought. Like, in my brain, I, I, I mean, outside of contract stuff and actual reasons why he couldn't go there – I. To me, it's it's an absolute layup. And if you're if you're Brady though, like I just he's got to want to go to the team that he knows gives him the best shot. And I just feel like San Fran, they're the best team that is missing a quarterback. Yep. You know the other two teams that are in the Super Bowl, they're very set at that position. That's not their weakness. Makes sense. <laughs> this all makes sense. So that's that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna. Heard it here first. Probably not first at all. It's probably been all, all over the internet. But I got Brady to the Niners this year. Brady to the Niners. There it is. All right. Good question. Let's uh, let's get to that AFC ship, which also I had some qualms with uh, as well. I was rooting for the Bengals. I had catch, cat scratch fever. What was it? Bengali Babwas? The Bengali Babwas, yeah. Okay. Bengali Bobs, the Babwas. Anything you want to do uh, with the name, but that's, that's what we call them. Uh, and I thought it was a hell of a game, and I was very bummed with how it ended. Uh, it just sucked. I don't think it was the wrong call. It, I mean, it was the correct call, without a doubt. It just fucking sucked because we were in for a dynamic finish no matter what. They would have been able to run maybe one more play, try to pick up eight yards, mm-hmm. and then kick you know a 52-yarder right. versus, a, what was it, a 40? Yes, it was roughly a 45-yarder. Yeah, and it's not like he, like, booted it into the net. It was, like, a couple yards beyond the goalpost. Yeah. You know, so it was tough conditions there. I, I agree exactly with your sentiment. It was the correct call per what the rule book states. Um, but h- how do you slow down a, a six foot three, 260-pound guy running full speed at the sideline? Like, it's not like he pushed him and extended his arms. Like, he did run into him. Mm-hmm. He ran into him out of bounds. He knocked Mahomes over. It was the correct call. It's just, it's so hard. There's so many bang bang plays that it's 
it's physically impossible not to get flagged in these situations in the NFL. I think I was just bummed because I also I also truly kind of believe deep down that the ref could have just pocketed it, especially with the way the game was going. Like, I am not going to sit here and say the Bengals got like completely hosed, but the extra added down was like one of could have been like one of the worst playoff calls in the world. Yes, that was insane. And then to give the hands the holding call on the extra down was <laughs> just like, oh my God, the NFL script this year is out of control. I mean, that this was the most I've ever seen, like the NFL script, the NFL's rigged, like all of those memes, all of that shit. And it was like, damn, like, is there just too much fucking money involved now where it's just like these games have to swing certain ways? It's leading me to believe that I, I because hate all the money was on Cincinnati on this one. Um, you know, my thing though is... Cincinnati had their chances. Oh, I mean, they had a drive to win that game or take the lead late. Like people always forget stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, people forget a lot when we, the lions lost to the Cowboys when the flag got picked up. Right. That's that Stafford had the ball with like five minutes left to go win that game and didn't do anything. And we did not. Right. And that's exactly what happened with Burrow. Burrow was like three and out Burrow threw two shitty picks too. Yep. Um, so I mean, no one's like absolved or got like screwed. I just thought with the extra down, with the hands to the face, like I thought there was a lot of holding calls that kind of went by the wayside on that final drive for the Chiefs. The hit was late. It was the right call. I just felt like he could have swallowed it based on just kind of like being the good old-fashioned, like being owed one. Yeah, you see that in the NBA a lot. You see it in every sport. It's a little more physical at the end. They swallow their whistle a little yeah. bit more. I mean, NHL, I mean, NHL games, they, they close with like mobs ending the games because it's just <laughs> like I'm not throwing someone in the box with a minute left in a one-goal game. Right, right. It, it was definitely an opportunity for them to do it. No one would have blamed him if he didn't make that's that what call, I, that's, I don't that, believe. That's what I'm kind of at. You know, it was one of those where it was like, eh, don't ask, don't tell. It wasn't going to sway the game. People weren't going to say, oh, Kansas City lost because they didn't get. Because they didn't call that. Right. Right. Like, and then, and if they did, it would just be like, well, you got five downs on that one. You got seven downs on that one drive. You got seven downs. You had a lot, like you said, I'm not going to sit here and analyze every play, but there were a couple holdings where I was like, yes, what's going on here? You know? Um, But like you also mentioned at the end, end of the day, uh, four possessions between the first and fourth quarter for the Bengals. Oh, wow. 30 net yards. No points. Yeah. I mean, slow start, bad finish. They had their chances, and unfortunately, they just couldn't convert. Burrow didn't have that moment where he took his team down the field and made a play mm-hmm. and made a play when it needed to happen. Mahomes had that. Mahomes had a couple big plays. The Valdez Scantling touchdown on third and 10. MVS. That was a huge play. Great throw across the middle. I couldn't believe the DB didn't get his finger on it. I thought that was going to be picked when he first threw it across yep. the middle like that. But that's what you do in big games. Burrow is an elite quarterback, and so is Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And two elite quarterbacks played each other, and one made more plays than the other. Yeah. wasn't like Burrow played bad. He just didn't make enough plays. Mahomes did that day. Yeah, I agree. And and just on that last play, too, that one thing to note, and refs probably don't think this way and aren't thinking this way. You know, they probably see a call and make a call, and they're probably trained to do that. Like, don't think of the scenario. Right. You know, I have no idea. I've never been trained as a ref or anything like that. But there was – so so if that penalty's not called, it's a 60-yard field goal. But they had 10 seconds left. So it, it wasn't just like it was either 
call it for a miss. On, let's just call he's going to miss it from 60. Right. He, he's, it wasn't one or the other. Mahomes, would, they would have had one more play right. to pick up a, a spooky amount of yards, like an eerie amount of yards to make the kick like really spicy. And let's just... And to me, it was just like, let's do that and go to overtime and see the better 100%. Team. Yeah. And let's look back to last year when the Chiefs played the Bills. They needed 40 yards in 10 seconds. Yeah. And they got it on two catches. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. Um, ideally, swallow the whistle in situations like that. Was it the correct call? Yes. Did the Bengals lose because of the missed calls? No. No, they did not. Uh, the Chiefs did win the game, but they won it at a pretty big cost between Kadarius Tony being injured, Juju being gimpy, Dude. Kelsey being hurt going into the game, Mahomes obviously with his ankle issues. Like You mentioned it a little bit earlier. The Eagles are... Now, you have a two-week layoff here between, obviously, the conference championship and the Super Bowl, but the Eagles are kind of seeing a banged-up Chiefs team, and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what percent healthy is that Chiefs offense going into Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. It's not 100. Who knows how these things work, though? Like, the the rest versus rust, I mean, I know it's the same amount of time, but it's like, you know, if you're rehabbing, you're focused a little more. I don't know. Like, how does it feel? Like, the Chiefs have you know, just survived like a tough one. The Eagles have walked, you know, so what happens when it is tied with a minute left? You know, who's who's more prepared for that? And, like, I think it could go either way. And, uh, you know, before we'll do our full predictions next week and mm-hmm. things like that, but I definitely, like, got done with this weekend, and I was like, I think Eagles steamroll. And now I've had a few days to kind of sit and think about it and be like, you better calm down, man. Like you're you're still playing like Patrick Mahomes on two weeks of rest with Andy Reid. I had know? that exact same sentiment. I'm like, dude, the Eagles are gonna kill him. Steamroll. Like, I had steamroll in my head. Yeah, like 14 to 21 point like beating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, there's there's a factor that this is the Eagles' first deep run with this core. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl five six years ago. Um, but with this core of players, this is their first deep run. Kansas City makes a run to the AFC title or beyond. Every single year. They're just comfortable. Yeah. And Reed versus Sirianni. I mean, Reed is a OG. Oh. And Sirianni, this is his first, you know, right. go around with the Super Bowl. So right. um but one thing I will note is next year, every single game, I'm taking Kelsey anytime touchdown. Cause I just started to do it like at the end of the year and it dude, he scores a touchdown every fucking game. The funniest thing about that is he scored probably the first eight out of nine weeks or something. So we started getting on it. He had about a five or six game slump in the middle of the season when we started taking it. <laughs> yeah. Then when we get off of it, he scores an anytime touchdown the last three games of yeah. the year. It's like, it's unbelievable, but I agree with you. He's, dare I say this, he's unguardable. I, like, it's crazy to me. He's unguardable in the sense that he's too big, he's too fast, and he can just get open. And, he, and he's got hands. Right. So you need a big safety is the ideal person to cover him. That'll be the interesting part in this Eagles game is what are you going to do to stop Kelsey? Mm -hmm. Because as we all know, wide receivers on the Chiefs aren't the greatest this year. Eagles have a pretty good secondary. How can you force those throws into that secondary with what I believe to be just above average receiving core in the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, Yeah, but definitely – I mean, Kelsey is on guard. Him and him and CMC, man, were, I parlayed that anytime tug, and that was pretty comfortable. Easy money. Yeah, it, was, it felt pretty good. Uh, one last note here just about the two teams, uh, just running backs in these games. Like, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, like, 
off the face of the earth. Is he even, is, is he active? Did he dress? I don't think so. Craziness to me. Like started off the year pretty solid and then just like literally disappeared. Uh, also, like I think uh, Pirine out touched Mixon. Yes. Like just Mixon too started the year strong. And like, I don't know if it's just the end of the year and they're dead tired or what's going on, but they definitely trusted Pirine way more than Mixon in that game. Well, to relate it back here to Detroit, because, you know, we have a big decision this offseason. Obviously, we have a couple factors with a locker room guy, a culture guy, and Jamal Williams, but that's kind of the hot-button topic around here locally right now is do you re-sign Jamal Williams, who had his best year last year, or do you do what some of these other really good teams are doing and just get um, you know a stable or a rotation of backs and pay them less? Do you get one in the draft? Do you get a cheaper free agent? We obviously have a great O-line. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think you could just plug and play, and I'm starting to lean that way because – Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco are the one and two on a Super Bowl uh, team. Yeah. The other one has Kenneth Gainwell and Bart Scott, or Boston Scott, not Bart Scott. Yeah. Boston Scott scoring a <laughs> touchdown last week. And my, Yeah, and Miles Sanders is mixed in there as well. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things that I'm watching that right now and seeing what teams are doing across the league. Same with P. Ryan. P. Ryan's the second back. He's getting more carries or as many touches as Mixon, does that really devalue what we need to do this offseason and maybe get a cheaper option via the draft or via free agency? I just think you got to be really careful with it because we see it and we're like, oh, they're in the Super Bowl with these two running backs, KC. Mm-hmm. But they, how many times was that stat read that they're the worst team in the NFL on third and one? And what did Williams do for us all year? Was like pick up two or three yards yep. when we needed it most. And – I think it's one of the most undervalued things for teams because they can they think like any running back can just pick those yards up, mm-hmm. but they really can't. I mean, remember uh, when like Legarrett Blunt won back to back Super Bowls and yes. he was just the king of picking up two to three yards. Couldn't go, you couldn't get him down. Couldn't get him down. And I think that's the value that Jamal Williams brings outside of the locker room, out of everything else. If you're just looking at him as player A, mm-hmm. I would love to see how many first downs he picked up on third and short because mm-hmm. that's where I think the difference is where you can't turn around and hand it to Clyde Edwards Elair because he, I don't know, he doesn't have that motor, he's not strong enough, whatever the fuck it is. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's just like a very underrated thing. And there's a reason he has, you know, 14 touchdowns or whatever it is. I'm going to ask you one question, then we'll pivot to our weekend. Okay. So, Jamal Williams, I think a lot of people believe he's probably going to get a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. What is your maximum annual average value that you want to pay Jamal Williams now – He's making about $7 million a year right now. Okay. He's 28 years old. You are Brad Holmes. You're giving him three years. That's already non-negotiable. What are you going to pay him per year? And if he asks for more than that, you say you walk at that point in time. Well, I definitely need to look at other salaries. So let's take a look here because I don't know this shit off the top of my head. Um, so I'm looking right now, and Austin Eckler – considered one of the top running backs in the NFL is making 6-1 a year, <laughs> which is fucking crazy. So maybe that's just a unique one. I'm so going like, to give you some around where he's making right now, which is $7 million. Yeah. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. James Conner. Mm-hmm. Naheem See, Hines. See, this is where the jump happens. This is the issue because exactly what you're saying. So, like, let's call – so exactly what you said. James Conner, Leonard Fournette, uh, Chase Edmonds. 
like Ugh. Cordell Patterson. These are all kind of in the range where I'd like to pay Jamal Williams. The outlier that doesn't make any sense is Austin Eckler. So he's obviously just on like a good deal right now. Right, right. So let's not count him because he needs to get paid as fuck. Yeah. The jump from Leonard Fournette, who's the number ninth paid running back in the NFL, to Aaron Jones, who's number eight, it jumps from $7 million to $12 million. Right. That's fucking crazy. So going back to the question, do you give him, I guess the better question now after looking at the salaries is, are you okay with giving him over $7 million a year? I think so. Okay. I think I am. I am. I am. Are you okay with giving him ten million a year for the next three no, years? No, that's a ton okay. Of money. So they're okay. Yeah. So you're in the eight to nine million range is your max value at Jamal. Yeah, I definitely think so. Okay. Um, I think, I think he's valuable, and I think he bought into the whole grit culture, and he's like, I don't know if he's the Dan Campbell's the face of the franchise, but he's he might fucking be the heart. Cl- he's fucking close, right? He might be the heart of the franchise, you know. Um, and I. But I mean to jump him, but then like the skill level of what's added. So like Aaron Jones, I think is like a lot more talented running back than Jamal Williams. Um, Joe Mixon, not so much. He's just overpaid. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, best running back in the NFL, twelve million. Derrick Henry, best running back in the NFL, twelve million. Dalvin Cook, twelve six. Um, Zeke, fucked up deal, at fifteen million. Then Alvin Kamara, fifteen million. He's making too much. And then Christian McCaffrey, best running back in the NFL. You know, in the right. conversation. So yeah, I think think now that we've done uh, deductive reasoning here we're at like eight million. Eight million. that's what we said and the caveat with that is you pay him eight million you're most likely not re-signing DeAndre Swift next offseason which is kind of crazy right yeah I don't know he gets paid the big what would you do what do you want what do? would I do I you let him go yeah uh, it's not going to be popular um, I'm letting Jamal Williams go um, as hard as it is, unless... What if I'm he's getting, like, I'll do it for six? <laughs> I, I'll do it for six. Yeah. Because then I think I can still afford DeAndre Swift at that point in time. So, and that, I might, that might just be the sell that Holmes has got to do or do one of those magic things where half of it's tied up in the signing bonus or some stupid shit. Yep, yep. Or front load it so that if you cut him in the back half of the contract, maybe you get... Holmes will get it done. Yeah, exactly. But yes, if he says, I'm going to take six... Or five and a half, I do it. To me, Eight's I'm looking lot. at the draft. I like two guys. Mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I think he can be an absolute every down back. Brees Hall, immediate type impact player. Mm-hmm. And I also like Jameer Gibbs running back out of Bama. He reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara, versatility out of the backfield. Kind of that compact back mm-hmm. who can catch out of the backfield. Tough, shifty. Just kind of a, a powerful runner. I'd like to go to the youth movement, get another back. I believe our offensive line's good enough to where you can rotate backs in and out, mm-hmm. and then we can still find the success. Spend that money elsewhere this year. To be honest with you, I'd rather see us pay a lineman mm-hmm. and strengthen that line even more. Yeah. I'd rather see us pay a top linebacker or cornerback. Yeah. Or trade for J- Jalen Ramsey to where we have to eat twenty million a year. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do that than give Jamal Williams seven to ten million. Albeit Jamal is a great culture guy for us. What if what if they just gave him a big? What if they gave him like a nine million for one year? I'm in. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. The three years I think is where it like. Yes. De- but like if they were just like, hey, let's keep him for one more year. I'm, I'm down s- to give him shark money at that point. Yeah. One for ten. One yeah. for twelve. Somewhere in there, but. 
keep flexibility for the future. We have a three to four year window with our rookie contracts to win. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it by spending money on stuff like that, where I think it can be replaceable. Fair enough. I like it. So we kind of, you know, hopped into sports. It was a big thing this weekend. We're a a sports lifestyle podcast. We started going. Yeah. But we had a weekend too. Mm -hmm. Frank, what'd you do this weekend? This weekend, I'd say the highlight of it was uh, I had a little Detroit Detroit day. Uh, went downtown, bopped around Eastern Market. There we go. Did all that, and then from there, went to the DIA, got cultured, looked at art. Really? It was great. Yeah, it just reopened on Friday. I don't even know why it was closed. I don't know if they were doing renovations or taking down like the Van Gogh um, Expo, but popped into the DIA, tried to get down there once a year, once every two years. Um, one of my favorite places in Detroit, mm-hmm. glad it's still open, glad it's still alive, glad it survived everything. But yeah, we did that and it was a great, great Saturday. So you, you go to the DI, was it an event or was it just that no. it was reopened and you wanted to get back there? Yeah. Like we like to go there mm-hmm. once a year or so, maybe even twice. Um, and yeah, we just went, uh, they normally have exhibits you can go to, but I don't think they had one up cause they were still taking down the Van Gogh one that they just had there. So couple things on art here. One, do you have the eye for art? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I love it. I love art. I like get real, like, I love going to museums. I love checking it out and discovering new things and like seeing where it comes from with each culture. I don't think you could like put up three Mona Lisa's and I would be able to pick out like which one's the real one. If right. that's, if that's kind of what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, I have opinions on art, which is what art is, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I necessarily have like the eye for it. Okay. I have a lot of respect for it. How Me too. Uh, same thing. You know, I, I was filling my walls of my house and I started like looking at art. I'm like, I kind of want a couple nice art pieces. Mm-hmm. Have you ever sh- have you ever shopped for art? Yeah, I, yeah, dude. It's, it's <laughs> Holy like, shit! And it is weird. Like it's it, it's it's like wild. It's like you see. It's like why is that so much more expensive? But it's like oh, why is that the one I really want? Right. You know, and I can't even really tell you why. And it's like, is it because I think it because it's more expensive? I like it more, or I have a different view of it. Right. Um. So yeah, like I'm with you on that. Like good art is like like even decent local artists are like not under like. 1500 to 2000 a painting for like a, a, yeah. a three by four or yeah. something. You know? I mean, we even bought like some replicas of some stuff and my wife put them up and I, you know, they were a little more expensive than kind of just, you know, your generic fucking target stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this looks so, so much better. Right. And it's like, I don't even really know why. Right. But it looks really good. So, yeah. Then she's like, yeah, it's $10 a piece. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I think the DIA is just an absolute gem in the city. Um, you know, it's free admission if mm-hmm. you live in, like, Wayne, Macomb, or Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so we just went down there, bopped around. Uh, always more people there than I want, uh, which is always how it goes. You know, you like yeah. to have the place to yourself. But great time. There you go. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised I didn't run into you. I didn't have a Saturday out in Detroit. I okay. had a Saturday night out nice. in Detroit. We were out of the city by the time the sun went down. Okay. We were just rolling in uh, a couple hours after that. We had uh, dinner at a restaurant. I think I'm pronouncing it per- correctly. Bar Pagale. Okay. Uh, very close to Grey Ghost, if you know where that is. So it's a new place. Yes. Yeah. Pretty new place. Um, French cuisine. Nice. Um, 
typical Detroit place. Yeah. Great food, good cocktails, good atmosphere. You leave a little hungry and pay a little more than you wanted to, <laughs> yeah. but like the whole atmosphere experience, the food is all on point. Highly would recommend Bar Pagale. And then we we kind of looked at each other. We said, "We're not that old yet." Yeah. Let's take another let's take it out for another drink. So yeah. we stopped by Second Best across nice. the street from Grey Ghost, bopped in there for a minute and then went to Midtown Cool little bar. Have you ever been to Time Will Tell? No. Time Will Tell, little place in Midtown. It's like uh, one of those bars with like velvet booths and like the rail bar up top. Kind of an old school vibe. Um, So they had like a $5 whiskey and beer special. So I'm like, dude, this place is, this is my place. So went in, ripped a shot of Canadian club, had a, a, a little, you know, cheap beer, Yeah, settled in. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't know about you. Their espresso martinis were awesome. Are yeah. you an espresso martini guy? Yeah, more than I more so than I'd even like to admit. Like I love them. What? I drank like two of them on cuz after we were with some friends and mm-hmm. like we did the DIA, we did, you know, had we did bloodies at Eastern Market and then after we went back to his house and he whipped up a bunch of espresso martinis. They're, it's like dessert. They're unreal. Yeah. And they pick you up and they fuck you up, and they like they're just awesome. They're I mean, great. I saw someone tweet out that the espresso martini is the the like post thirty like four loco, and I kind of didn't mind the comparison. Or it was like people who drink espresso martinis drink four locos in college, which I did, embarrassingly enough. <laughs> um, but I mean, they pick you up and they mess you up and they kind of sneak up on you. And I mean, I dude, I love them. I, I love, love them, them too. Yeah, I, I agree with their sneak up on them. Like they're so good, you're like drinking it and you're like, ah, give me another one. Yeah. And then like after the third one, you're like, uh oh, there's like, alcohol in this. Right. Yeah. Right. So and your heart, my heart's like vibrating. It was, uh, it was one of those where it's like you know the drinks kept flowing, didn't stop. Yeah. Went back to our buddy's house. Sooner rather than later, it becomes like three o'clock. Can't oh, yeah. drive home. Yeah. Had to spend the night over there. I'm telling you, our day was like so. We there's something in the air on Saturday because <laughs> uh, I am I am like, you know, it takes me a few days now to get back to 100. percent Oh, I, amen. And I think I'm going to be better tomorrow. I mean, I'm pretty good today, but mm-hmm. I'm not still not a hundred percent, you know, just thoughts aren't clicking as much as, as well as I'd like them to, but we ran ourselves like a, a marathon. Like we did, you know, we were in their car, my friend's car headed downtown at like 11 AM. Damn. Yeah. You were up and at it. Yeah. Cause we wanted to do the, the market mm-hmm. and the market was a little more empty than we thought. We like to go down there and the number one thing we get is pierogies and we get oh. people's pierogies. So okay. if you guys are listening out there and you like pierogies, go check this place out. Local, awesome place. And they have flavors like there's traditional potato and stuff, but then they have these mushroom ones that rock if you're a mushroom fan. And then my personal favorite is that they have Coney Dog. And it might sound a little spooky to you. Wow. Yeah. It, and it does. It should sound spooky, but these are the best pierogies I've ever had in my life. Like, they're filled with just like, I don't know what it is. Do you dip them in mustard instead of sour cream or like? No, I do sour cream still. Still? Yeah. Even with the Coney pierogi? Without a doubt. Really? Yeah. So we like grill them or put them on the skillet or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. then just, yeah, dip them in. We get sauerkraut and uh, sour cream and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it, they're awesome. So check them out if you're ever in Eastern Market or check them out online. But they weren't there. So our shopping got done pretty quick and we popped into Vivio's. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where it was like, hey, we have tickets for the the DIA at one and it was like two fifteen because mm-hmm. we were just having a good time there. Um, and then made our way over there and yeah, 
got, go. got as cultured as we can get. I wish I remembered the art a little more. Uh, we may have been passing a flask around. I don't know. We're just trying to get into the experience. Our point is this, people. Detroit is great. There's so many hidden gems down there. Just go down there, bop around, don't have a plan. You'll stumble into something great down there. I love the city. Love going to the city. So, yeah, good weekends. Good weekends all around. The other thing that I did um, outside of that was I also watched the Bernie Madoff documentary on Netflix. Have you seen it? It was great. It was awesome. It was great. It was awesome. So uh, my wife went out to dinner last night and there was no sports on and it was just like, all right, what am I going to watch? And I popped on that and I didn't think I'd watch all four episodes, but I watched the whole thing and holy shit, holy (laughs) shit. Um, If you haven't seen this and you have any interest in like finance crimes, this thing rocks. Largest Ponzi scheme in the history of the world. And large is like such an incorrect word to describe it. It's, it's astronomical. Yes. Yes. It's, it's absolutely crazy how big it was. Um, and you know, I don't want to blow it too much for the listeners, but the crazy but it's also part just was, history. So I don't feel bad about blowing like, it. He was the regulator trying to regulate himself who was doing a Ponzi, like he was supposed to be overseeing himself. Yeah. So there was no yellow tape or red tape to for him to have to cut through um, in order to to commit these crimes. They the SEC would just call him <laughs> and and ask if he was doing anything illegal. Right. And he would say no. Right. And that was it. Um, but at the peak, what what was so fucking wild to me too is that. Um, going through this whole thing, they talk about the Ponzi scheme and how it's a scam and all this. And with, they explain that in most Ponzi schemes, at least there are investments being made to like cover tracks and to have some semblance of, uh, normal activity going on. Right. This was just like, as they said, like Peter Payne, Paul, like there was no investments made whatsoever. And at its peak, he was operating at $69 billion right. of this Ponzi scheme. And those were fake returns. All in all, he took $19 billion with a B dollars from all of his investors. And some of the people, sure, super rich people, uh, where it's like, you know, they have enough and they're just fine. But most of them ruined their lives. Ruined. Absolutely ruined. And this wasn't a month, a year. <laughs> Five years. This was a decades long like Ponzi scheme. Like from the 80s to, to the middle of the 2000s. 2008. Right. So this was like something that was like kept progressively getting worse. And it never, it never came to fruition. No one ever saw what was happening. And like how... Where did he think this was going to end? I was just going to... Where, did, where how did, do you get out of where this? Where do you think you're going? I don't I don't know what the end game is in these. For someone who is like, okay, so let's just back up a little bit. We're not going to give everything away. But if you don't know the Bernie Madoff story, like biggest Ponzi scheme in America, obviously. But the fucked up thing about it was, is he was running a legitimate business. Correct. He had two sides of the business. And he was in the lipstick building in downtown New York. And on floor 19 was the most pristine, amazing building office building you could have in New York. And, you know, like they said, he was so anal about the office that like you weren't allowed to have 
what was it like gold frames yeah, or silver frames stuff on your desk yeah like yeah. And, and he would make sure the monitors were all sitting at the same angle and stuff and then there was like the 17th floor where he was running this ponzi scheme up top uh, on the 19th floor absolute legitimate business like has nothing to do with the business on the 17th floor that's the ponzi scheme and it was just like they're smoking inside there's boxes everywhere everything's burnouts done. yes just done criminals by paper. And that's what blows my mind, I think, the most, outside of maybe, like, where did he think this was going to end, mm-hmm. was that he had a legitimate business where he was making a ton of money. Right. And he was doing everything by the book and doing it legal. But then he just had to do, like, this on the side. Like, threw it all away. Yeah. And at the beginning, he, like, gets caught. Like, remember, he loses all yes. that money, and he gets bailed out by, by his, his friend. father-in-law, yeah. right? Well, yeah. he, well, he has the $30,000 one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he it happens again Yep. where he has to borrow like $200 million Yep, from one of those main guys. So he gets bailed out twice, and he keeps doing it. He could have easily just ended it right there. It's, it's one of those things where you don't know how it happened, how it happened for so long. You hope to never see it again. But for how that happened for that length of time and that money, and like he was just telling people, like, don't ask. Like, if you don't want to invest with me, don't fucking invest with me. Don't ask what I'm doing. Yes. I'll get you returns. Like, Or he would say, like, or they'd be like, so how did you make money? Like, everyone in the world <laughs> lost money this week. And he would say, like, he'd be like, you want to ask me this stuff? You want to ask me this stuff? I'm just going to pull your money out and give it right back to you. And right. they'd be like, no, 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 don't, 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 because the returns were so good. <laughs> but there's no fucking real returns. Right. Dude, my head was, like, spinning. It was spinning. The two final takeaways I had for it was... One, I didn't know Ponzi scheme was named after, after a guy. A guy. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard that, I'm like, I thought Ponzi scheme was like an old word or it meant something else in a different country. So that was one. Two, my wife's like, why is the Italian always involved in the con? She's like, of course, the guy's name's Frank DePascali, who's running the, the con operation. She's like, why are Italians always involved or, 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 or was the Italian just highlighted for entertainment purposes? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, he was totally like the grease ball. <laughs> yeah. He was running that greasy operation on the. On She's the like, it's seven. every time. It's like I know it's coming. Yeah. You know, but it was it was like night and day, like you said, where it's like guys who barely graduated high school running the scheme, and then all these top, uh, these top graduates from top universities and bankers. Yes. On the other floor, uh, actually making money. Yeah. It was, it was so fucking crazy. And then the twists at the end, not twists, but like the things that happened, like the, his family stuff, like oh, that's, that's the stuff I'm not going to give away. Yeah. But that stuff, I was just like, I, like my mind was blown yep. just of like how that unfolded. And then the last guy I got to touch on in that thing was like the math dork who like oh, wrote yeah. the red flags. He was such a nerd, such a dork. But I respect him. He was ruthless. Oh, ruthless. he killed the SEC. And, and he literally was just all for, like, the love of the game. Yep. Like, he just wanted everyone to have a fair playing field. And he knew mathematically that Bernie Madoff couldn't be doing what he was doing. And he did the SEC's job for him, handed it to him on a silver platter, and they just said, like, nah. Not every hero wears a cape. Dude, that guy was ruthless. <laughs> 33 red flags. It's insane. insane it really is great flick though four episodes about an hour long each one um i did it in one sitting classic yeah um cool well we have a main topic today of a buffet frank we do but before we get to the buffet 
We talked about it last episode. Oh, my God. You executed on it. Yeah. Tell us your experience. What was it? A 2.1? 2.1. That's real low. <laughs> 2.1 for the original Mexican chicken sandwich yes. at Burger King yes. on Frankie Fast Food Fridays. Yes. So I... Yeah, we do fast food Fridays. I, re- I review the fast food. And lately, like, you know, this one got a ruthless score because lately my, my wife got just, pressured. Yeah. She's been like saying, like, you're rating these too high. But the reason for that is because, like, you know, I told you that hour later thing. Yeah. You know, I need like an hour to think about it. And this one, I actually recorded myself saying, like, hey, we're going to do this one different. I'm going to eat it. We're going to wait an hour and I'm going to give the actual score. Didn't need it with this one. I felt a. Is it a one point three after an hour? Oh yeah, <laughs> two point one actually. I'm still pretty comfortable with like this thing should not exist. So I for fast food Friday ate the original Mexican chicken sandwich. It is a long sandwich on a chicken patty with queso cheese and then jalapenos. Twist that I didn't know until I bought the fucking thing is that the jalapenos are deep fried. You might say like, oh, that sounds like it's better. No, made it worse because this thing needed moisture so. Bad. I wanted to dip this thing in water before taking a bite. That's how dry this Joey fucking chestnut sit. it. I truly wonder like who's out there in the world like eating that and saying like that was great. Like that was that was really good. I hope they bring this sandwich back. Do you think that was real cheese on there? No. That was <laughs> that was actually the grossest part of the whole thing. Like the hot the the jalapenos sucked cuz they were uh so dry and scratchy, mm-hmm. but that cheese and I don't know if it's like if it would have been better on like nachos or like what. I mean, it definitely would have been better on nachos, but like that just that texture of that shitty cheese like soaked into the bun, uh, like on fried chicken. It just it was so fucking disgusting. And then you know it comes from like Burger King, and I just I don't know who approves that or who does that, but that was so so bad. Not that you have to tell the listeners, but do you have an idea of what you want to do this week? Are you like trying to get something you're craving because last week was so so, so I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try something new, and I've been trying to like uh, grapple with this for like a while because mm-hmm. like obviously the fast foods are great. You go to you know the major fast food chains and you try this stuff, and I don't like care what I say about them. They're billion dollar corporations, and who cares? But I've wanted to do like local stuff, mm-hmm. but. I want to be genuine if I like it, but I don't want to trash local business at all. So what I want, like if I don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, odds are I'm going to like whatever it is, but I don't want to trash it either. And I want to give it like genuine ratings. So I think what I'm, I might start doing is like finding local places and just preface it all with like, Hey, I love this place. I'm going to keep going to this place. You should always go to this place, but I'm going to try their new sandwich. I'm going to try their new thing okay, and see if I like it or not. And I think that's a good way to just like still promote them, still tell them I love them. Um, but also like if I don't like the thing, like I can't tell tell people it's great if it's not great. Right. So you like know. East Side Bagel. So exactly. That's where I'm gonna go. That's where okay. I'm gonna go this week. I'm pretty sure they have a new sandwich called the Bee Sting. Wow. Um let's see let's see if I can let's see. Bee Sting, East Side Bagel. Let's see what we got here. The Bee Sting. They posted it on like a TikTok or something. I'm like uh, a little nervous about the Bee Sting. Yeah. Oh, wait, here it is. Eastside Bagel New Sandwich Alert. The Bee Sting. Chicken tenders, dill pickle, cream cheese, bacon, and Mike's Hot Honey. Whoa. And then I can probably throw it on whatever bagel they want, but I'll take whatever their recommendation is. But that sounds pretty fucking good to me. Sounds like a bee sting. Yeah. Sounds like it'll nip you. Sounds like a bee sting. God, I love any excuse to go to Eastside Bagel. Eastside Bagel, St. Clair Shores, my favorite bagels on the uh, on the east side here. There we go. There so, we go. So, yeah. 
we'll do that. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, Chandler, I'll, you keep a lookout for uh, whatever the next nasty-ass thing is that's out there. <laughs> the Burger King does have, like, I, I don't know why all these places are doing, like, they do have, like, an Italian chicken sandwich, too, which mm-hmm. looked equally as spooky. No, not equally as spooky. The Mexican one looks so bad. You you want that old Wendy's one. Yeah, Wendy's one sucked ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, a man of the people. See that one, I rated too high. I yeah. don't know what I rated it, but I think it was above six. And that there's no reason that thing deserved above that. That was one where an hour later, I'm like popping fucking zits on my forehead <laughs> and like crying, sweating. Yeah, crying. Yeah, <laughs> like re- thinking about like awkward situations from when I was like in eighth grade. You know, like mentally, I'm just all <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Second guess in your eighth grade. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Just like you wake up in the middle of the night, like, oh my God. Yeah. Why did I say that there? Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> so you know the format. We've been doing some main topics here lately. Yep. Gone over several topics, including the Heisman Trophy, Malls, Fantasy Football, the Dallas Cowboys. What's today's topic? Today's topic's something that we've all been to little bit of nostalgia when you think of this. You know what I'm talking about, the buffet. The buffet. And when we talk about a buffet, we're talking about a food buffet. And where did it come from? So, Frank, yep. the word buffet came from a French word, buffet, <laughs> meaning bench or stool. Okay. Since the 19th century, though, the word buffet in English, has referred to a meal served from a side board. Okay. Okay. So we don't care about the whole world history of the buffet. We want the American history of the buffet. Yes. So the American version of this came from the concept of a smorgasbord. So we all know what a smorgasbord is. That comes from Sweden. It's a side table where you could opt for a drink or a snack and this came to the States during the 1939 World Fair. I will say, I don't know if everyone knows that. I don't think I knew that. Right. That a smorgasbord is what you just said. If you just said, what's the origin of that word? I don't think I would have guessed Swedish. Yes. I also don't think I would have known that it is a side table where one could opt for a pre-dinner drink or snack. We use it a lot when it's like like a spread. Like Super yes. Bowl, I will I at a Super Bowl party I will probably be like, "Oh, we got a smorgasbord of shit." Yeah. Which is such americanly wrong right. to say. Right. It's like, "Oh, I got a smorgasbord of candy or yeah, you know, it's right. like we not a whole... proper word. It's yeah, like no. something disgusting, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cocktail weenies. Or like even like a spread. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, like you're like, "Oh, I got a smorgasbord of shit." It's a smorgasbord of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, um now that literally smorgasbord literally means Butter goose table. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know why. I don't know where. But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. 1939 World Fair in New York, we get our first view of a buffet here in the States. Now, the buffet took off in the 1940s in the buffet capital of the country, and that's Las Vegas. Okay. So, I've been to Las Vegas. I know you said you've been to Las Vegas I've never been to a Las Vegas buffet. Mm-hmm. I probably had 1,500 calories worth of food over a four-day stretch while I was there. Right. Um, but Las Vegas is known for their high-end buffets. Every casino seems to have a buffet there in Vegas. And some people, some in the, the older generation, 
really go there for just the casinos and the buffets and nothing else. No pool parties, yeah. no shows, no nothing No stadium else. swim? Nope. I'll be honest, and I said this before the show, I did not know, I didn't know this, that Vegas was known for their buffets. Yes. I really did not. Yes. So that's kind of one of the things to get people into the casinos is what's your buffet look like at the casino? Bellagio, Caesars, Cosmopolitan, all the big casino slash hotels in Vegas have a buffet, and it's somewhat of a competition. Okay. So you get into Vegas in the 1940s, and then the buffet expanded to every state by the 1980s. So much like malls, kind of the same time frame. Malls really came around in the 50s, buffets in the 40s. Malls got big in the 90s. Buffets got big in the 80s. And and to me, common thread there is just, uh, you know, Options all in one place. Convenience. Oh, yeah. You know, the American way. Well, that's the thing with the buffet as a whole is you think buffets have to be in, like, unison. The best buffets have breakfast, lunch, dinner, sides, snacks, desserts. Like, to me, a great buffet is something that can be anyone can eat at any hunger level. Mm -hmm. That's That's my grading. Chani Filet's grading <laughs> of a great buffet is anyone at any hunger level at any age can find something to eat on this buffet. I love it. Okay. So. I am also surprised. I'm learning so much here in the first three minutes. Like, I am also surprised at the relative newness of this. I did not expect this to be like a 1940s thing. I, I, thought, I thought it'd be old as shit. Yeah, I thought like King George was getting fed off of a buffet or something. Without you know a doubt. what I mean? Yeah, like out of uh, what's the thing that the fruit of the looms like hangs like corn cornucopia or whatever that <laughs> yeah. thing's called? Yeah, that thing. That's what I picture. Yeah, and you know that was like the thing back then. Like you flexed on people by like eating the most. So mm-hmm. I thought like yes. all the kings and royalty were like getting served personal buffets. Yes, or something. you were like yes, you were viewed as wealthy and prestigious if you were overweight. Exactly. Exactly. So. The largest buffet in the United States was created in 1985. And listen to this name, Frank. Okay. It's in East Earl, Pennsylvania. Nice little industrial town between Philadelphia and New York. Picture it in your head right now. I am. And we're going to go to the Shady Maple Smorgasbord. That is the name of the world's (laughs) large, or excuse me, the country's largest buffet. Wow. So we talked about it a little bit before here. There is the restaurant right now is 110,000 square feet. That's insane. Okay. They added on to their original restaurant by adding a buffet and the buffet is 200 feet long. That's insane. 200 feet long. That's, that's over half of a football field. That is the length. (laughs) That is the length of uh, an ice rink, an NHL ice rink. How wild is that? That's the longest fuck. Now now that, and by the way, that is the most American thing that we can do is just like do measurements by like how big our, our rinks are, how big our fields are. So inside of this 200 foot long buffet, they have four live action grill stations. One is dedicated to all day breakfast. And then another is dedicated to a, a plethora of meats, including brisket, fresh carved beef, Burgers, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So, and they're live, they're cooking it. There's someone like working there. That's what it looks like. So, yep. And that's what I wanted to ask. Uh, you know, I mean, we can keep going here, but like, I, I wanted to know if there was like a cutoff line of like, what is a buffet versus like 
you know, if in my mind, I always picture a buffet as just like, here's all the shit, go ahead and get it. Right. And then when it runs out, someone changes the, the tray of shit. Right. There's no one like really actively working or anything like that. Right. Right. So, you know, a buffet technically is a meal consisting of several dishes from which guests serves themselves. Got it. So like you said, self-service is the big thing about a yeah. buffet. Dude. Uh, what you call it over here? I mean, if you got 200 feet, you're gonna need some help on the shady floor. maples. Like, listen, we got 200 <laughs> feet. Like, we need a we need a couple stop gaps in here. Yes, we, I, I understand that. Okay, gotcha. You know, so if you ever find yourself in East Earl, Pennsylvania, stop into the Shady Maple Smorgasbord. I saw. Now, this article was a couple years old. Lunch fifteen dollars. Dinner $23. Okay. I'm sure with inflation, lunch is now $45. Yeah. And dinner's probably $102. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, it looked to be pretty cost efficient if you ever find yourself in between Philadelphia and New York City. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you Google it, and the first thing that comes up is just like a farm. This thing's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Bear Town. It's by Blue Ball. Okay. Anyone knows where that is. Um, Man, that would be a fun little road trip. <laughs> Check that one out. 200 feet long. Okay. So, yeah, they they seem to have everything there. Yes. What always blows my – like, with a place like that, if it's 200 feet long, like, do you think that thing's, like, running and popping all day? Like, do you think there's a lot of people going there? Like, I kind of want to, like, look at – like, or are they just – is it, like, at half operation? Because that is a lot – a table space and buffet to be running every day. You got to wonder if they're just, if they're just tossing a lot of that. So here's out. the claim to fame. You ready for this? I am. I saw like a somewhat of a tagline or a little description on their website. Nearly 1.5 million people stop in for a meal at Shady Maple each year. Okay. Okay. And it says this, if you don't like lively crowds, come on weekdays or don't come at all. Oh, so Shady Maple must be getting pretty wild. Yeah, this place is actually probably the real deal. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that there's it's so busy and there's so much traffic that if you're having 1.5 million people come a year, mm -hmm. I mean, just quick math, that's several thousand people a day. Yeah. So we are, I'm looking at the Yelp here. It's a good amount of people. Um, looking at the Yelp, three and a half stars. Whoa. Just saying, three okay. three and a half stars, uh, $2 signs, do-it-yourself food, buffets, venues, and event spaces, 1,014 photos, which I'm looking at right now. And I'm going to look at the inside is typically where I go when I'm looking for photos. A lot of old pictures on the wall. Looks like they have like a market. Yeah, this place is, I want to see. So it looks like, okay, so... I, when I'm picturing like the 200 foot buffet, I'm picturing it's just it's just an endless walking stream. It looks like they break it up. Okay. And you can like pop into gift shops along the way. Oh, what's going on here? I'm serious. Yeah, like there's a customer service desk. Is it Epcot? I, I'm telling you, it you go it, around the world and it, stop at different places. It does actually look like hotel esque. You know, like oh yeah, there's gift shops, but like here you go. Like I was expecting just to see like this endless horizon of like it fades off into the horizon, but it, it seems like there's a lot of breaks in between. I think a lot of people buy Shady Maple smorgasbord gear. Like, look at this place. I mean, I would. You'd have to get a tea <laughs> if you ended up there. I am just so curious about. Do they have to dump half this shit out? 
you, you is that have, is that the thing of of buffets? Like, you would what have if, like, to think Golden Corral. Like how much food waste do they have? Every oh, day? I bet they have a ton. Cool one that I saw. So I just saw my cousins from Chicago, and they have a sushi. What is that? I'm sorry. I'm oh. looking. I'm looking at some of these. That's that's fast food Friday this week, <laughs> dude. Um, but my cousins go to Chicago, and there's an all you can eat sushi place. Okay, and what they do is if you waste any, you have to pay extra for that. Oh, so no way. every little piece that you waste is an extra dollar. So it's $23 all-you-can-eat sushi, but if you take a roll and there's four pieces left, you get charged an extra $4. Really? Yes. But if so, hmm. So wait, do I get up to 23 pieces? No, no you get as piece. much as you want yeah. as long as you eat it all. Yeah. So, I mean, I bet you people just go one at a time there. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're in there. Road's icy. That's Proceed a little bit. Caution. That's a little bit like gambling, you know. I don't. I don't know if I like that too much. Yeah. So looking at this one right here, yeah, I don't know. This place looks gritty. This looks, looks gritty. Looks- so it got me thinking. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to make it to the shape shady maple smorgasbord. Yeah. Uh, I have gone to many buffets in my day. Mm-hmm. I was first introduced as a youngin, obviously with the traditional continental breakfast. I know we talked about it get brunch, maybe you stay at a hotel and they have a buffet. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into a, an, an odd phase in my life where locally around here we had the chain pizza buffets. Mm-hmm. So CC's Pizza, for anyone who had CC's Pizza, it was like, I'm not even kidding, it might have been five or six bucks mm-hmm. when I had it in high school. All you can eat pizza. I ate so many plates of it, it looks like I was playing at the high rollers table yeah. at MGM. They were stacked so damn high after Little plates I was done. Too, right? uh, yeah, 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 100%. So you had CC's. And then the other one that I always thought of growing up, RIP, I don't know if there's any of these around here anymore. Listeners, if you know of any, let us know. The Pizza Hut Buffet. Yeah. I don't, I don't, not by me, there's no more Pizza Hut buffets, but I don't know if you're aware of any. No, that I remember like them, I like can picture what they looked like. Like mm-hmm. they had like that billiards, like yes. Pizza Hut sign hanging yes. over it. Like the cool, those things are probably going for like nine grand. Now. Oh, easily. Easily. Those things are so fucking cool. I didn't hit the hut a lot. Uh, but when I did, it was like for the accelerated reader program, like oh. you read, you read like a book and you got like a free personal pan pizza or whatever it was. And it, that was like the world to you at yeah, that point sick. in time. It was filthy. It was awesome. Um, but if we're talking pizza buffet, the, probably the, the least known one is, uh, American pie. Yes. And that is what we would get after high school. And that reminds me of truly what you just said, like we would have a table and just stack the plates up until they like hit the ceiling. Yes. And that's when you're, it was like in high school. So you can just eat and put whatever in your body and nothing matters. And that's what I remember as far as buffet pizza goes. I remember American pie looked like it was out of like toy story or something. Like it, it gave me the heebie jeebies. A hundred percent. Like it did not look like a legitimate, if the, like the American, like were there more than one American pie? Like I yes. went to one, there was, there was chains of them. Where did you go to? I think around here. Yeah, there was one in Warren. Yeah. We had one in Shelby Township at 22 and Shaner. Okay, so ours was by like this. It was like four, It was like 14 and Shaner. Yeah, there was one. I know there's one here in Warren. Um, let's see. It's still here? American Pie. Nah, it doesn't look like it. Looks like it's closed. It's like American Pie really didn't make it. East 12 Mile <laughs> here in Warren. I mean, I'd be American Pie Pizza. Yeah, oh, is this what you're looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, closed. Wait, no. Richfield, Minnesota. Yeah, this one's closed. East 12 miles. So 
American Pie got voted out. The people of Metro Detroit were not standing for American I Pie. I think they just didn't know how to – I mean, I think people loved it. I think they stood for it. I just bet you they're, they just didn't manage it correctly. I mean, there's there's no way you could. It was like $4 to, like, eat an entire pizza. <laughs> and, and, like, there was salad and everything. The, and they always had, like, really fucked up pizza, right? Like, they had, like, the fucking Big Mac pizza. Yeah, I was like, going to say cheeseburger pizza yeah. or, like, What else would they, like, taco pizza? Ugh. Like, all of that shit. Chicken tenders on pizza. All that Eggs stuff. and shit on yeah. pizza. It's yes. like. They had, like, an Asian-inspired pizza. Yeah. I will say that uh, Pizza Hut has, like, this, those, like, wraps now or whatever, the flats. I don't know what they're called, but I debated doing that for Fast Food Friday just because I haven't been to a Pizza Hut. When was the last time you had Pizza Hut? I don't know. And, like, I can't find anyone who eats fucking Pizza Hut, but they got to be doing well. They're on every commercial, and they were the official official pizza of the NFL. For before, a long time. Before Caesars. I, for a long time. I think it's because Detroit's such a pizza town. We don't stand for shitty pizza around here. Besides Caesars. I love Little Caesars, though. I but love Little can't Caesars, sit there, too. You can't sit there and tell me that, like... I have a soft that, spot for <laughs> Little Caesars. Dude, don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to fucking take this the wrong way. I love Little Caesars. I love a hot and sweaty. We've done this 100 times on the show. I have so much respect. But to sit there and say, like, it, like, outclassed someplace is... is I won't say outclassed. <laughs> it, 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 it outtastes some places, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have Pizza Hut either. Um, and, and I don't see much of it anymore. And I'm, and I'm honestly curious if they even have the buffet at pizza huts anymore, because I feel like every pizza hut was a sit down restaurant as well. Correct. Uh, That's how I remember it. That's how I remember it too. I remember the, the, now I'm trying to think. No, they're deaf. Okay. I do remember the buffet. There was one when we were in high school again, it was like, we went there after high school and it was at like around here mm-hmm. and we we totally like yeah we did the buffet and everything i have no idea if they do that now so the other local one that i i like to to talk about is the big boy buffet okay okay we've all been there they have the breakfast buffet sometimes at big boy but i'm not talking about the breakfast buffet <laughs> i'm talking about the iconic trademark of big boy no not the slim jim not the original Big Boy, the Big Salad Bar. Oh yeah, at Big Boy, dude. People loved the Big Salad Bar. I didn't grow up like when we went there. We were kids, and I didn't eat fucking salad like until I don't know, like two years ago. Right. So I never did the Big Salad Bar, but the Big Salad Bar was always rocking, and that was like the draw <laughs> to go to Big Boy. Yeah, it was for it, the parents. I felt like it was always like you always had the big boy salad bar, and I felt like such an adult when I finally got the privilege to like order the salad bar. Yeah, you know, but I don't even know if it, when was the last time you went to a big boy. So the this is good timing of when you're asking me this is I we go there's a in Saint Ignace when we go to up north to play in the outdoor hockey tournament, there's mm-hmm. like one big boy in the area, and that's where we go for breakfast, and we do the breakfast buffet like nine out of ten times. Is it good? Yeah, it's solid. I mean, it does what – it's gritty. <laughs> it's very gritty. You know, like um, there's not a lot of options up there in the winter, and that one is always very solid. Um, I I kind of want to say it may have shut down. Mm-hmm. I really hope not. I'll report when I'm up there. Um, but I did find this really uh, – 
really quick. I just Googled like big boy salad bar and like TripAdvisor comes up and it's Timothy 1958 from Flint, Michigan writing a review. And it says salad, salad bar beware. Had early dinner with the wife at Big Boy in Grand Blank. My wife ordered their fish and chip dinner along with the salad bar. The meal was nine ninety nine plus a two ninety nine charge for the salad bar. Steal. Right. Yeah, right. That is a deal. A steal. All right. The chicken was eight ninety nine plus two ninety nine for the salad bar. He he got chicken. The salad bar was a guessing game. Dot dot dot. There were four different soups on the bar: broccoli and cheese, cabbage soup, split pea, and ham, and lemon. With chicken and rice. I feel like that was seven soups I just made. <laughs> the other could have been used as wallpaper paste. They were so thick your spoon could stand up for your entire meal and not be moved. The salad part of the bar was not too bad. You had your typical lettuce and all the fixings. <laughs> there was applesauce, macaroni salad, one regular, and one other made with tuna, potato salad, <laughs> cantaloupe, and musk melon? What the <laughs> fuck? This is the sickest buffet I've ever seen and at I a big this, boy. I think this guy just like, he says there's like three options and then he names seven things. When you come to the dressings, dot, 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 oh boy, put a little dot on your plate and taste before you add it to your salad. Never know what you're getting. Plus the dressings were so thick it could also be used as a wallpaper paste. The meals themselves were good. The downside of the meal was the soup and salad bar. So that was written um, in 2019. So Big Tim just wanted some labeling. <laughs> Dude. Some simple labeling would have gone a lot longer for Big Timmy. Can you imagine like going on to TripAdvisor and like writing uh, a local review of the Flint Big Boy? Or he was the, pissed. Or, the, or in Grand Blank, I mean. He was pissed. He didn't like it. I once had a buddy's dad who wrote on Yelp a review, mm-hmm. and his gripe with the restaurant was that, <laughs> I kid you not, I kid you not. I can't lie. Um, the, his gripe with the restaurant was that he believed that they replaced the ketchup in the bottle with ketchup from a bigger container, and he could taste the difference. That's fucked up. What? Yes. What? I don't even get what the issue is. That That's probably true. He wanted a fresh bottle of ketchup? Yes, not a reused bottle with new ketchup out of a container. Hmm. And he could taste the difference. And that's, that's why he gave them a low star rating. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just tough. <laughs> that's like the, the, the world of, of ratings. But, dude, so Big Boy, like, I know we're, whatever, we're kind of off the buffet. But, like, Big Boy in general, like, they used to be everywhere. Michigan staple, every corner, I felt like. Everywhere. Loved it. I loved it, too. Like, I would always get the Big Boy mm-hmm. and a milkshake whether I go chocolate or vanilla, and they rocked. It, it was, was always extra in that milkshake, that silver tin. Yes, too. they gave you the tin. Yes. That was the better. That was almost the better part of it. Yes. Um, so that's what I would get, and it seemed like they all shut down. They all, like, went away, and then they, like, weirdly came back with, like, this really odd rebrand. Yes. They're still Big Boy, but they made, like, everything, like, black and red, mm-hmm. and they, like, tried to make it, like, kind of chic, and I just feel like they missed the mark. There's one right by my house, like, there's that's, like, the last one that I know of, really, um, and I went there probably like two or three years ago and it was, I mean, I was the youngest one in there by like 55 years and it was just, it was not great. It was like sad. It was like kind of sad to be in there. Well, if you want to see what a big boy looks like, Frank, I know, after the, the show, street. there's one yeah. about a quarter mile from us. So. I, dude, I got, I, I want big boy to do well. It's one of those things where you ever, you know, like something shuts down or they stop making it. And you're just like, ah, damn it. I really wish that wasn't shutting down. But then you're like, I haven't done anything to patronize it in the last right. five years. That's you with Big Boy? A little bit. I mean, I'm not doing anything to support it. I'm kind yeah. of trashing it on this show right now. <laughs> but I don't want it to, like, you die. You patronized it. You go up at St. Ignace every year. We do. There you go. And it does You're supporting job. Big Boy. I know. 
Last point I want to make before we head into over-under, the mecca of buffets. We all know it. This is probably where buffets are most prevalent outside of Las Vegas is college campuses. Yeah. Brody Cafe has got to be one of the top buffets in the state of Michigan. Has to be. And that so that's that's kind of full circle of my question of just like because they definitely had buffet stuff out there. They had a big salad bar and all that. But, you know, you'd go to some of those places like home style, if you remember that, like mm-hmm. when the Brody got when Brody got redone. And, like, there was a guy, like, kind of cutting it up for you and handing it to yeah. you. Like, we're considering all of that buffets. Yes. Okay. Got because, you. remember, they had, like, 18 cereals, too, that you could have. Like, they just had, like, 12 different specialized buffets at Brody. Yes. And th- so let's let's back up, though. That was after we left. <laughs> Uh, I don't mean the school. I mean just the Brody area. So Brody is an area of campus on Michigan State where a lot of the freshmen go. There's five or six houses in Brody, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's one centralized cafeteria there. When we started, uh, they were under – Brody was under construction. And once it was done, it's – it's done now today, obviously. It's this state-of-the-art, like, largest non-military cafeteria, I think, in America. At mm-hmm. least that's how they were positioning it before they built it. But when we were there, we got, like, pipe and drape and, like, <laughs> sawdust falling into our fucking Cheerios because it was the one year that it wasn't complete. It was under construction for that whole one year. And then once it was done, we were all sophomores living off campus. Yeah. And not paying for a meal plan at that point. Not paying for, I did do like the 10 or 20 meal plan thing Mm -hmm. just to like go back in there. Uh, what was like one of your favorite Michigan state cafeteria items? Like what was a go-to? I mean, so what we used to do, and I wouldn't say it was a go-to when I was eating there, but we used to get the wraps that they used to make. Yeah. Bring the sandwich bags, load up your your sandwich bags with your wraps, stick them in your backpack, Smart. bring them back home. Yeah. Um, so I liked that, but um, we talked about it before the show. Snyder Phillips, the mm-hmm. burgers, the chicken sandwiches at Snyder Phillips were unbelievable. Out of this world. So I loved that. And then I lived at Acres. Acres had a taco bar. Yeah. Every day. I didn't know you were at Acres. Yeah. Well, we were always in Brody. Right. Um, we were going back and forth between them. But Acres had a taco and nacho bar. Yeah. But they were only open like 11 to 6. <laughs> yeah. So really, you could only eat lunch there or maybe an early dinner. Um, but that was one of my low-key favorite things because yeah. I don't know if any other dining hall had a taco bar. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, I'm sure Brody does now. Oh, I'm yep. sure they got a, their own address, yeah, their bro- own their own postal code. But Snyder Phillips was located right in the middle of campus, real old school looking building. That was the premier cafeteria freshman year, yes. and then Brody took over as like the king. But but like Snyder still had like it was like a smaller like I don't know. I still like loved it. Oh, you know? it looked like Hogwarts yeah. from the outside. Yeah, Brody was like the new school like mecca of food. It was like a spaceship. Yes, and it had like fucking you'd walk 10 feet to like visit a new country to like try the food there. But dude, without a doubt, I would do like a burger and a chicken sandwich with fries. Like that was my absolute like go-to and then just do like a blue Powerade. And yeah. And what was so bad about the calf with the unlimited meal plan and stuff was just like, 
the amount of like, you could just try something. You could have one bite of it. If you didn't like, you just throw the whole fucking thing in the garbage, <laughs> which was just like, I just remember being like the amount of food waste at this fucking place is so awful, but I would do it too. Like you try one bite of it. You're like, well, this is trash. Throw it away. Go right back in line and grab something else. You're like rice. This is way too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the big days in those cafeterias was the, uh, like the orange chicken days. Oh yeah. Remember the line would be out like oh, out the orange door. Orange chicken And it was just was fucking huge. orange chicken. Yeah. It wasn't anything. It's like frozen chicken reheated and yeah. Tasted good. But last thing about Michigan state calves, then we will do over under, but I, I have to tell you, I worked in. I worked in and got fired from, I think, three or four different cafeterias. Yes. No, listen to this. This is actually good shit. So I started working. The first place I worked was, I I don't think it was Brody. Like, believe it or not, I don't think I worked in Brody. I, like, applied for a cafeteria job. And being a full-on freshman, dude, I think I worked in Acres. I think I worked at Acres for, like, a month. And I was just kind of like, why am I the farthest <laughs> point on campus working this shit job? Like, and then it got cold and I was just like, fuck this. I just stopped showing up. So I got fired from that one. Then I got hired at Brody. And I remember they called one time and we're just like, are you coming to your shift? And it was during the Olympic Games when the USA lost to Canada, Canada yep. and Crosby scored that goal. And I was yep. like, no, I'm watching this game. And they're like, so that's why you're not coming in. I was like, yes. And they fired me right there. But the Cavs didn't talk between each other. So they had no idea. You could just keep fucking reapplying <laughs> and get hired at these cafeterias. So then I worked at Shaw and then I worked at one other one. And I just stopped showing up and I got fired from, from all of them. But And then finally they caught on and Frank Soris is tainted. <laughs> no. And then I got a job in the parking booth. It's like I got hired by the university again. So it was absolutely Fucking insane. <laughs> oh my god, his tainted reputation. No, I just Reese wasn't getting hired anymore. They stuck him in a booth. Yeah, I didn't really care. Working at the calf was the pits, but the worst calf story I had was I was a line cook at Brody for like a minute and I really liked that. I worked breakfast and it would like bleed into lunch and then my shift would be done. But for breakfast, I would do like the eggs where you just like pour that liquid out of that tube <laughs> yeah, yeah. and just like smack it around on the grill. That was a lot of fun. But then for Orange chicken day one time, they didn't have the general Tao chicken. Mm -hmm. They didn't have it. They only had like deep fried chicken tenders, like big, long chicken tenders. Mm -hmm. And the head chef said, fuck it. Just use those. (laughs) Not kidding. I was pouring like the orange sauce onto regular fucking chicken tenders and serving it. Who was the head chef? Emeril? I don't don't fucking know. (laughs) His name was like Miller or something. (laughs) He's like, you think I give a shit? Just pour it right on there. Remember that rumor, and maybe it was true, that all the Snifi chefs were like kind of like culinary? Yeah, 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 that they all were like studying. Yes. We just made shit up. Who knows? It was like pre-Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter was just getting off the ground. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into over-under here. We uh, And then we'll call this a show. Um, I want to thank Jerry Rubino again for sending the over-under last night. Very on top of it. Thank you very much, Jer Bear. We do appreciate you. So let's get let's just jump right into it. LGRW as he leads it off every time. Number one on the list, Channy football inflation. Whoa. <laughs> oh, inflation is overrated. Um inflation has uh 
and I say overrated in the sense of I hate it. Yeah, right. And I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, inflation has rocked my industry where rates have doubled because mm-hmm. of inflation. We now pay $5 for a dozen eggs because of inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way of the world. It has to happen when you print this much money. Um, but inflation is overrated and is screwing us right now. Luckily, we're slowly getting it under control. There we go. I will say inflation is overrated just because who likes paying more for shit when they didn't have to pay that much before. I'm sure it's a necessary evil of the economy. Speaking of college, I was an econ minor. Couldn't tell you fucking shit. What was your major? Major? Mm -hmm. Journalism. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Hey, you're putting it to use now. That's it. Right. Had to. Um, All those chicken sandwiches. (laughs) All right. Number two. I'm up. Number two. Dry January. Good good one here, Jerry. I am going to say... I don't look down on anybody who does dry January. That is that is your choice. Um, I think it's great that people do it. I just kind of think it's overrated. I have no need to do it. I mean, maybe I do. I drink quite a bit, but I like to think that I don't need to take an entire month off of it. Um, I kind of rather use the month for health choices. Maybe I'll work out more or I'll eat a little better. But for me, um, be quite honest, alcohol is kind of weaved into my life and i think it's decently under control. So I just don't think there's any need for a dry January. Um, so I'm going to say it's overrated. Does the Mexican chicken sandwich constitute as eating better? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I said if I wanted to make that decision, that's the route I'll go. I don't think I need to. I mean, and all the fucking playoff games are in January. Amen. Amen. I'm, uh, we said this uh, a lot about the New Year's resolution too. And my birthday. If you just want to take a break, just take a break, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in a certain month. It doesn't have to be for a month. Just do it when you want to do it and you feel you need to do it. I do not participate in dry January. There's little to do outside, which means I drink more in January. Yep. Um, so with that being said, I agree with you. Dry January is overrated. Yeah, these time these are just social social constructs. That's right. Not real. Just if you want if you need to quit drinking, just stop drinking for a little bit. That's right. You don't need it to be January. Um, number three. Chandler, gender reveal parties. Gender reveal parties. So I'm going to watch myself because we haven't had a kid yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not making any crazy announcements here. No, we don't have any news for you folks. But I'm sure one day we'll probably have a gender reveal party. And with that being said, they're overrated. If you have a kid, you should just hope that they're healthy and that you're happy. That's all you need. You don't need the shenanigans. You don't need the side business because then you have a wedding shower, a gender reveal party, a baptism, a first birthday, and the kid doesn't remember any of it. So to me, a gender reveal party, although it may be in my future someday, is overrated. Yeah, I totally agree. When when do we stop here? I absolutely, I can't stand gender reveal parties. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who have had them. Um, I don't think less of you or anything like that. I no, just, not at all. I just think it's, I understand wanting, having a good reason to get together. That's all great. I just don't really enjoy the idea of a gender reveal party. We will have one if we, if God willing, if we're able to have a kid, uh, no announcements here as well, but if we're able to have one, the gender reveal party will be at the doctor's office with my wife and the doctor, and we're going to find out the gender or we won't, or it'll just be the birth. And that's when I'll find out. I don't need to take a hockey stick to a fucking puck and watch it blow up pink or anything like that. Have you ever heard the saying, the only surprise you truly have in life 
is when you have a kid. No. That's like the contrarian viewpoint to finding out a gender slash having a gender reveal party. Yeah. Is that that's the only time you'll truly be surprised if, if you find out at birth what kind of what gender your kid is. Yeah. And the other side of it too is like, I don't, I, when people give me gifts or compliments or anything like that, I kind of hate being watched. Mm -hmm. Like, and I would be very nervous about my reaction to whatever it would be. And I just like, if I was excited, proud, happy, just whatever, the natural right. reaction would scare me. Right. And I just would like to have that privately, <laughs> quite personally. <laughs> wow, Frank's an asshole for having a girl and being pissed. Well, I, I mean, I got some buddies who I've seen this shit blow up, and it's kind of like, oh, dude, fucking hug her or something. Like, don't, don't throw your arms up in the air. Um, number four, eating before bed. I'll take this one. Eating before bed is extremely underrated. I get nighttime cravings all the time, and sometimes it'll be the thing that knocks me out. I'll go have a little snack or something. It's just like the perfect little topper. Knocks me right out before bed. I'm sure it's like one of the worst things you can do like health-wise if you're trying to like not gain weight, but I selfishly don't have that issue, so I love eating before bed. Kind of knocks me out. Yeah, that uh, is right up my alley. I found myself with two Reese's peanut butter cups in bed last night. Yeah. Um, I'm the worst at eating right before bed. My wife always laughs that I eat two dinners, yeah. one at dinner time and then one late night. It just happens when you can't smoke during the day and then you either have a drink or smoke after eight o'clock. It's like you're going to get hungry after that. Yeah. And I cannot control my cravings at that point in time. Yeah. Um, so I love having food right before bed. Underrated, although... <laughs> It's probably overrated for how many health problems, or excuse me, underrated as well for how many health problems are associated with it. Yeah. What are you going to do? The other day I was walking the, dodging the lasers, like eating a bag of turkey turkey <laughs> in the bed, like not to wake up my dog or my wife, just like chowing turkey jerky. Shit's good. What do you want me to do? Um, number, <laughs> sweet. Number five, uh, you're up, Channy. Guys drawing penises. Thanks, Jer. Jer. All right. <laughs> overrated i mean what are we in high school where you get someone's notebook and you draw a penis on it like it, it's just overrated that's my short and sweet answer i short and sweet just like my own i <laughs> would be remiss if i uh abandoned my de la salle roots but yeah we drew dicks on everything notebooks textbooks people while they're sleeping all that stuff it was hilarious when we were in high school and you know what to make it a more sophisticated answer, I was just at the DIA. A lot of naked art, a lot of naked penises being drawn. Those are great artists, respected people. Guys drawing penises, underrated. I always think of super bad when you when you say drawing penises because he had that full <laughs> notebook of penises that he drew. Do you want to know a fun fact about that? Like, because wasn't he drawing the detailed dicks yes, when yes. he was a kid? Yes. So it was like illegal to have a kid draw that. Like you can't have yeah. a kid do that. Uh -huh. So those hands in the movie are like old women, old woman hands. I'll that, have to rewatch that. Isn't that wild? That is wild. That's at least what I read somewhere. Okay. And I've also read that about Superbad, and then I also read like the McLovin sex scene. He's underage, so his mom had to be in the room watching the scene. Not that he actually had sex, but it had to be supervised by that's like a awful. guardian. Yeah, that's got awful. Isn't that wild? Fun facts. That is Superbad. wild. Cool. Good fun facts to end the show, though, Frank. Why not? That's why we're here.
Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 94. Lou, I hope you're keeping it safe out there, closing business as well. Everyone, good luck with any bets you're taking this weekend. I don't even know if I am. No football on, so I don't even know what I'm taking, but I'm just so used to saying that. So good luck to any bets you do take. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, don't forget to rate five stars and write us a good review. Also, mark your calendars. March 4th, the Champagne Showcase at Clark Park outdoor hockey tournament from two to five it's to raise money for a good cause there'll be music drinks food and hockey it'll be a great time a great little saturday on march 4th thank you guys all for listening have a great weekend everybody see ya